Thanks very much. You know, when uh, last week when Dave was sharing and when he opened our series, I was really blessed to hear him share his heart for prayer, to hear him express his passion for prayer, to hear him give us a real grounding in why we should pray and what the Bible says about prayer. And so this morning, to kick off, I want to take you back to 2005, to July 2005. It's a couple of days after London have been told that they will be hosting the Olympics in 2012, and I was in my third week in hospital. Uh, By that time, I'd had two bouts of spinal surgery, and I'd been on flatbed rest for the majority of those three weeks. The day had come where surgeons and those that had worked on me had said, we're going to try and get him up out of bed. It's the day that you're waiting for. It's the day that you've been really hoping for on those whole three weeks. And so this very small doctor came. I'll say small. He was, he was a small man in stature. He was far smaller than I am. And he said, right, sit on the end of the bed, lean on me, and we'll stand you up. And so I got to the end of the bed I went to lean on him and very quickly, thankfully didn't crush him, but ended up back on the bed. And he said, let's give it another go. Maybe it didn't work that time. So I sat back on the edge of the bed. He gave it another go. I leant on him again and I ended up back on the bed. They went, they took me, they MRI scanned me, they couldn't work out why things should have improved in the three weeks of flatbed rest that I'd had. And they came and saw me after having the MRI scan and they said, we can see that in the two bouts of surgery that you had, that there is a small amount of spinal cord damage that has been caused quite low down in your spine. And so it looks very likely that you won't regain anything that you have lost. So I walked into hospital at the end of June. Three weeks later, I was told that I wouldn't walk again. And it was devastating. It tore my world apart. I didn't know where to go with that thought. I was, at that time, 19. I didn't know what life would look like going forward. And I remember really vividly that evening, weeping in my bed in a neurology ward in Morriston Hospital in South Wales. And in the midst of my weeps, I could hear an audible voice. And the audible voice said this, speak to me. You see, I'd been in church. I'd had a relationship with Jesus for a few years by then, but I'd gone into a church that wasn't any good for me. It wasn't growing me. I wasn't growing. And I really quickly realized that I had dropped out of relationship with God and I hadn't been talking to him. And there in the midst of my weeps, I heard him speak to me, speak to me. That evening in 2005, in July, was the evening that I really ignited with passion for prayer. Just as Dave explained last week, that ability to communicate with God, real communication, speaking to Him, 
hearing what he has to say. And you know, when we really value relationship, and when we really value communication, then that relationship really grows. And that's what I found right there, right then, is that as I spoke to him, and as I heard him speak to me, my relationship with him grew. If we go to Philippians 4, 6, you'll see the verses will come up on the screen. Paul writes to the church in Philippi and says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's a real prayer 101 instruction manual right from the Apostle Paul right to the church. Prayer, petition, thanksgiving, presenting requests to God, all of that is communication. All of that is speaking to God. All of that is really putting out to God, God, this is where I am. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. I know you know it. I know you're with me in it, but God, I need to speak it out to you. I knew that as I lay in that bed and as I wept, I knew that God knew where I was. I knew that God knew what I was going through. But I knew that I needed to speak to him about it. This morning, God knows what you're going through. I thank God that this morning, prophetically, God has already spoken through Gary and has said, I know where you're at. I know what you're going through. I know what is happening in your life. I felt that real need to speak to God and to just grow in that passion for prayer, to communicate with him. And Paul couples thankfulness with prayer in order that we don't just turn into a list kind of prayer. Have you ever sat in a prayer meeting and somebody's brought almost like a shopping list with them? And that's okay. It's okay to speak to God in that way. But actually, where is the heart? Where is your heart at? And that's what I had to ask myself. You know, when I bring these things to God, am I just coming with my shopping list or am I coming because I really want to communicate with God? It's not a demand of God. But it's actually a request of what he is able to do. God says, I am able to do all things. All things are possible. Communication and our communicating with him is a way of demonstrating our value of him. And our need of him. Our need to fully rely on him in everything. All inclusive. Every bit. Every element of your life. Even the bits that the person sat next to you right now doesn't know about. God has a desire that you would speak to him about those things. The amazing thing is, is that God gives us a tool in Philippians 4-7 to really deal with those thoughts of anxiety. Those feelings that just bind us up. Those ways that we find ourselves just dropping out of communication with him because we really have had enough of it. 
because we're so worried about it, because we're so concerned about it, because we don't think there's any way forward out of it. Paul couples Philippians 4.6 with Philippians 4.7. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, this morning there are some of you that have journeyed here with anxiety. Anxiety about being here, but anxiety about the things that have happened in your week. Anxiety about the stuff that has just maybe been going on for weeks and months and years. And God speaks to you this morning and says, I want to fill your hands with a tool to manage it. A tool to help. A tool to resource you. And the tool he gives you is communication with him. And that sense of knowing his peace in the most unpeaceful of circumstances. God speaks peace into your situation. Not because the sight is rosy. That evening when I laid in my bed, I can tell you that I was not waking up and smelling the coffee brewing the next morning. I was still bound by what was going on. I was still in the pit of despair. But. I knew that because I had heard his voice and I had spoken to him and I had prayed to him, I knew above all knowing that he was able to give me peace in that situation. That was 2005. Here we are in 2023. I got the year right. Here we are in 2023. And the situation hasn't improved. I'm still in the chair. I've still got that injury to my spinal cord. Praise God, I still know his peace in it. Praise God, I still know what it is for him to speak his calm and his peace. And I still know what it is for him to say, Daniel, I want you to speak to me. And because of that, I believe that right across each and every one of us, God has planted a passion for communication with him, a passion for prayer. Maybe it's something that you put down a long while ago. Maybe it's something that you're just beginning to explore, but in you is a passion to communicate with God. My desire is that through these three weeks, that passion can grow. That flame can be fanned into something that is just overwhelmingly concentrated on communicating with him. Maybe you're, when I was at Bible college, I was at Bible college with some Ghanaians. Maybe we have some Ghanaians in the room. And the Ghanaians that I was at Bible college with were great alarm clocks. Because at four o'clock every morning, they would be praying in their rooms. They wouldn't be quietly muttering prayers to God as they knelt at the side of their beds. They would be wailing. 
They would be speaking and shouting out their prayers to God. I thank God for those experiences with those individuals who were so passionate about prayer and about talking to God that they decided that they nor anybody else in our block needed to sleep past four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Praise God for the ability and the desire to speak to Him. Maybe first thing in the morning isn't your thing. Maybe you're a late-nighter. I remember right in my journey in leadership, having a young guy who had uh, three children under the age of five, and he was a full-time fireman. And he came to me and he said, Daniel, I don't know when to fit prayer into my life. I don't know what it looks like to pray for me. He said, I don't know what it looks like to pray for my family. I don't know what it looks like, and I'll use this phrase, and that's why I've titled uh, this message, this phrase, I don't know what it looks like to pray for my circle of influence, those people that are around me, my friends, my family, my social circle. He said, I've been brought up in a place where I was told that I need an hour of prayer every morning and uh, a prayerful study of the Word. He said, I just don't get that with three under fives and being a full-time fireman. It just doesn't happen. I haven't got the hour in the morning. And I said to him, do you know what? It's okay. Because God's there in the afternoon. And God's there with the 10 minutes that you do manage to squeeze in. And then the 10 minutes a little bit later on. And the 10 minutes a little bit later on. And I saw him a few years later. And I'm a bit of a challenger. And so I remembered the words that he had spoken to me. And that I'd spoken to him a few years earlier. And I said to him, what's your prayer life like? And he said, I thank God for the 10 minutes. I thank God for those 10 minutes or that hour interspersed throughout the day where I'm just able to take 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. And so as my passion grew for prayer, and as I saw others begin to just be ignited and have that flame fanned for prayer, I just grew and grew with a desire to not just be the ones and twos, but to see the tens, the twenties, the thirties, the forties, the fifties, and the hundreds come to a place where they knew what it was to passionately communicate with God, to pray for themselves, and to pray for their circles of influence. So who is your circle of influence? Well, it's anybody that you rub up against in the day. It's anybody that you're with, it's anybody that you live with, it's anybody that you socialize with, it's anybody that you work with. It's whoever, really. If you want to say that they are in your circle of influence, then bring them in. But if you're bringing them in, then you've got to pray for them. If you're bringing them in, then you need to communicate with God about them. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Are you righteous? In Christ I am. In Christ I am. I am clothed with his righteousness. And so I'm told right there that if I pray, then my prayers are powerful and effective. Let me ask you a challenging question. When is the last time you prayed 
powerfully and effectively. When is the last time you knew that your communication with God, you knew because you knew that your communication with God was powerful and effective? Tim Keller says this, pray in prayer. When I read that, that really confused me. And so let's unpack it slightly. Pray in prayer. And what Tim Keller was really saying is that the scripture tells us to pray constantly. In other words, to be in constant communication with God. That in everything that we do, we are constantly aware of what he is saying and what we're saying to him. And so when it comes to praying, we pray prayerfully. That's how we avoid the list mentality. That's how we avoid the dip in and dip out. That's how we avoid, as it sometimes becomes, we sit in a prayer meeting or we sit in a prayer gathering and we see that there's lots of stuff being caught over there and here I am just sitting on my own and I'm not really in it. It's to pray prayerfully. It's to be aware of what it is I'm saying to him and what it is he is saying to me, looking to his grace. Because he has grace upon grace for you. He gives grace upon grace to you. The power of prayer. The ability of prayer. What God does as we pray is an encouragement for every one of us to pray. I don't like to use the phrase unanswered prayer. Because I believe that God answers all prayer. But as Pete Gregg says, God's answer, and he categorizes the prayers like this. He says God's answers to prayer are yes, wait, and no. And sometimes the way that we pray, or the thing that we're praying for, God's answer is yes. And we see a real immediate answer to that prayer. We see a real relief and a release brought in the situation that we pray for. Praise God for the yeses. Sometimes we see the no's. We see prayer or we see the answers to prayer as the opposite of what we've been praying for. That night, as I spoke to God... I said, God, I'm so glad I'm speaking to you, but I really need you to lift me out of this bed. I really need you to set my feet solid on the ground and help me walk out of this place. And it hasn't happened so far. It hasn't happened. But, God, in the midst of it all, even with that apparent no or wait, is still speaking his peace, is still drawing something out of me and putting me in situations where I just know he is there. The Bible is full of honesty when it comes to disappointment in prayer. When there are those that have been praying and praying and praying and they've just not seen the answer that they thought they would. The psalmists so often call out to God and battle 
over that disappointment that they have. Find faith. Trust God in the middle of your uncertainty. One thing that I've had to learn, having spent so many times, so so much time pulling away from him because I wasn't getting the answer that I wanted, one thing I've learned is that when I don't get the answer I want, I need to push into him. I need to strive into him. I need to strive to hold on to him. I need to know what it is that even though I'm disappointed and even though things are uncertain and even though I don't know which way this is going to go, I know that he's there. I know that his peace is with me. I know that his presence will never leave me. I know that he hears me and I know that he wants to communicate with me. This morning, maybe you are journeying with disappointment. Maybe it's decades-long disappointment where you've just heard the weight or the no of God. Can I encourage you? Can I say as a brother to you that God wants you to push into Him? He wants you to talk to Him again. He wants you to grow your passion for communicating with Him. He wants you to tell him how you're feeling. He wants you to know his still, small voice of calm, speaking in the midst of your weeping. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Dave really grounded us last week in the Bible setting out what it is to pray and what prayer looks like. I hope that this morning we've maybe grasped a little of what it is to pray for ourselves and our circle of influence and maybe some of the ways that we can do that. Can I leave us with some challenges? Some applications. Firstly, a question For you to maybe ask yourself, but if you have a trusted individual, maybe you can confide the answer answer with them. Honestly, today, what does your current pattern of prayer look like? What is your current pattern of prayer? What does it look like for you to step into a greater commitment to prayer? What does it look like this week for you to attend one of the many prayer initiatives that we have here at Barnabas? What does it look like for you to pray a little bit more often this week, to spend a little bit more time in intentionally praying for yourself and your circle of influence? And thirdly, What practical steps can you do to grow a better prayer habit? Is it planning to regularly attend a prayer meeting? Is it within your midweek group, if you're part of one, to really push into praying together? Is there another individual or a couple of individuals that you could form a prayer 
triplet or couple with so that you could all be really intentional in a trusted space together, intentionally praying. What does it look like this week and in the weeks to come for you to once again pursue communicating with God, to know Him, to know that He wants you to speak to Him, and to know that He hears what you say and that He answers prayer. Can I pray? Father, thank you. Thank you for your desire to speak to us. Thank you for your desire for us to speak to you. Lord, I pray right now for those that are journeying with anxiety. Lord, it's been a long journey. But you fill their hands this morning with the tools to aid, with that peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, for those that are disappointed with their answers to prayer, Lord, would you give them comfort? Lord, would you speak your peace into the midst of their weeping? Lord, would you give them strength to hold on, to push in, to cleave to the one who is able. In the name of Jesus, amen.